0: And you're listening to the one two three show with me Saudi Usmani. now for our weekly visit to cruzan mccalligan and she joins me now to tell me about her audio call now cruzan what is the subject it's keys we're talking about keys <laughs> as in
1: lock and keys not oh, right. as in florida keys <laughs> oh right
0: okay i thought that actually i did think it was locking keys I mean, it would be
1: a bit weird if I was... Actually, no, it wouldn't be. You never know. With my audio column, maybe I would just have a whole program on the Florida Keys.
0: (laughs) Um, Who knows? Something to think Um, about for the future. There we go. There we go. Um, So, yes,
1: we're talking about locks and keys. Why are we talking about locks and keys, Sadia? Because my children are obsessed with keys, and this is becoming (laughs) a bit of a risk factor situation in my home. Because um, I don't know about you, but I have several sets of keys, right? And none of them have all of the keys I need together.
0: <laughs> right. So
1: so I have, like, my car keys, which have some home keys on them, but don't have my mailbox keys. Those are on the second set of car keys. Then I have my office keys. Then I have keys for my, like, parents' garage for their building or, you know, whatever it is. Mm. Like, every set of keys doesn't have all of the keys. Okay. Um, and this is a problem because then I have um, the nimble fingers of my toddlers trying to get into any set of keys that I have um but but I have to say um I do find whenever I'm somewhere where I don't need a key and I used to have one like you know my car still starts with a key in the ignition, but if you've ever driven a car that maybe, maybe you haven't, I haven't really. Only one way. Yeah, well you
0: don't need a key, you just press a button. Or you don't need
1: a key, you press a button. Yes. I find it very strange.
0: Yeah, I know. Um, it's a bit insecure, I feel. Yeah. I feel, mm.
1: Yeah, and there's something like there's certain locks. There's locks in my life <laughs> that I look forward to. There's a poem somewhere. <laughs> and you know i when i lock my office my my office door has a really good clock, 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 clock kind of lock uh-huh. it's quite a delight there's quite a
0: satisfaction i suppose when you yeah, lock is isn't there i it?
1: think so i yes. think there is and and it, it's not every you know like my mailbox key oh i hate that one you know the little fiddly ones mm. that you've got mm. and then doesn't quite ever fit in and you turn it around and you turn it around again and then you turn it around again to the way you had it originally and then suddenly it does fit Mm. (laughs) so I think it's like I find them very um, satisfying that kind of lock and key idea but also the symbolism of a key we and I know this as a copywriter I'm writing all the time all day and then every so often I get fixated on a phrase because I found myself using it across all these different things and I'm like why do we even say that and it's like the key deliverables the key idea (laughs) the key key messages the key messages and the key the key the key and you're like what's the do you have the key to success? You know, and and it makes you realise that it, it really is something really ingrained in us. This idea of just unlocking, using a, a, a key to unlock something um, that we all want. So I thought we'd talk about it a little bit today and look at a bit of the history of keys. And um, of course, like I remember a long time ago, many moons ago, because I have done this column now for. Years actually,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, I think I've done I've done like well over three hundred of them now, sadia um,
0: <laughs> And you still find subjects?
1: So. <laughs> I still find things to talk about. Maybe I've already talked about keys. I don't just don't know anymore. Anyway, um, I did one on fences, as in like your garden fence, fences, okay. right? Okay. A very long time ago, and I remember what was really interesting about the history of fences: what it, it started signifying. Um, somebody's possession, somebody's property. This is my place, this is my plot of land, right? Mm -hmm. And then the impacts that that has had for the rest of civilization has been pretty epic, right? Because isn't it that phrase that's like, you know, um, possession is nine-tenths of Mm the law, right? (laughs) Which I never understood as a child. And now I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. People want their stuff. Um, You know, and and I think that's the interesting thing about the idea of a lock and a key. Security and access have been an important aspect of society for a long time. And the invention of keys and locks enables us to control and manage our access to our property and our belongings. So it's a very interesting idea. You know, while locks and keys have changed over the thousands of years they've been around, they're still an integral part of our daily lives. Um we all I mean do you use a key everyday still or do you have key cards or swipe cards No I have, have a card.
0: A I have a swipe oh, have card. card Oh yeah Does to get unlock, into my house Do you
1: unlock anything in a day
0: Um no actually oh, wow. to think of it God, yeah. No and I don't have a car and oh. and I use a I don't use a key I have a card to get into my house and, do you have um, a mailbox? No, I don't like even have any keys. I have keys lying for my house, which is in London, but I don't. <laughs> those are put away. But no, no, I don't have any keys. Oh, it's weird, you, isn't it? I just yes, realized.
1: strange. How bizarre! Mm. Ah, do you have any, um, well, I mean, not bizarre, it's obviously incredibly common. <laughs> do you have any keys in your home, considering you don't
0: use them? No, I don't think I do have any keys, actually. No. Not not here in Hong Kong, I don't. Oh, I don't have, I just, like, windows that need keys or anything. Yeah, the gosh. windows are locked.
1: Bedroom keys or something?
0: No, no, no? no. Oh, how interesting! Yeah, um, we live in a keyless anyway, world.
1: We yes, we do. Um, <laughs> I'm going to have my key from my cold dead hand. But yes, we do.
0: <laughs> so your toddlers wouldn't have much fun in my house, really. No, I
1: don't there's just they nothing. That no, they, they probably pickle. wouldn't. Actually, it'd be a delight. They wouldn't get into all your things. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the thing is, it is interesting. And, and lock um, and there's that idea of like fitting a key. When a key fits a lock, it does have this kind hmm. of feeling about it, right? Yeah, it's quite satisfying. And we use it for all these different things. And if we look back at the history of keys and locks, they actually date back more than 6,000 years with the earliest known lock and key device found in the ruins of Ninh. Na'iva, which was the capital of ancient Assyria, which is like modern-day Iraq and Syria. Of course, we mm-hmm. know Syria is a very, very ancient civilization for humanity. So, this lock that they found, that the 6,000-year-old lock, was a wooden pick lock, which was an early predecessor of the pin tumbler lock, which is when there are pins within the lock which are lifted out of the way using a key. So, that's how the key and lock mechanism, in general, works, right, with most keys. Mm-hmm. That's, it, they push up these little pins, allowing the lock to move and open. Um and way back in the day, six thousand years ago, the keys for these locks often looked like large wooden toothbrushes with pegs corresponding to the pins that needed to be lifted in order to open the lock. I have to say, the sheer engineering brilliance of it
0: is, is quite mind blowing, yes, right? Yes, absolutely. I can just see it as you were describing it, you know. I, I remember seeing programmes on where they've got these keys and you can see that each one fits into this slot and yes. It's very fascinating. You know,
1: and it's so funny because we think about today, our, you know, the, oh, the robots are taking our jobs, for example, right? Okay, it's a bit of a out-there idea. But if you go back to ancient Egypt, this style of wooden picklock was actually very common, and it was used to safeguard valuables and doors to places of religious significance. And it actually eliminated the need for stationed guards at doorways. So people... Feared the key because you would have lost your job. You wouldn't be a guard anymore because mm-hmm. someone could just have a key. Like you're replaceable with a wooden toothbrush type implement I can stick in the door. So, um, and what's also amazing is similar ancient keys and locks have been found in various countries across the world, including Japan, Norway, and the Faroe Islands. Mm. Um, but of course, These early locks could actually be very easily broken and were only um, able to be unlocked from one side of the door and could often be opened using any standard set of keys at the time. So you just have to have a key, not the key if you know what I mean. Mm. Um, so you could be like, oh, hey, the store's locked. Do you have a key on you? Any key? And then it would work. So it's a bit different. Now, of course, as civilization progressed, the Roman Empire innovated on the original Egyptian lock to make it more secure and durable. And they substituted wooden materials for brass keys and iron locks, making locks significantly more resistant to being forced open and less vulnerable to erosion. Because, of course, if you have put something away, tucked it away and put it away, and then the elements just make your your lock rot off the door, Mm -hmm. (laughs) not going to be very helpful. Um, But of course, along with making locks more durable, the Romans invented wards. Now wards are projections inside the lock that the key would have to allow to pass by by being a certain shape in order to create the warded lock. Now the warded lock was a groundbreaking technological advancement. It required the corresponding key in order to open it and could no longer be locked by any key. So alongside the creation of warded locks, keys changed from that wooden toothpaste with um, sorry toothbrush with pegs
0: mm. to the
1: more recognizable skeleton key that we, you know, that right. I still use today, the, the keys that we look at today, right? So that kind of... Uh, well, no, a little bit different. If you think about a key, which the, the, the shape of the key bit is right at the end, as opposed to being along a serrated edge, which is what most of our yeah. keys say, yeah. yeah. Um, now, while the Roman Empire fell within a few hundred years, these warded locks that they'd created remained the standard for locksmithing for the next thousand years um, which is quite amazing really so despite this
0: not much development then over no, time no no really
1: <laughs> no I mean I mean we can say that today yeah. we could say well you can open a door by scanning your face right yeah. so it yeah. you know is what it is but it's pretty amazing now despite mm. this despite being the the standards warded locks were actually quite easy to pick and most of the um, dark and middle ages featured locksmiths complicating and making warded locks more difficult to to open for thieves and lockpicks. There was the majority of that work. Now these methods included multi-key mechanisms, so um, you know, having more than one key or having more complex key designs and fake keyholes with dummy mechanisms inside. Um, but no one actually worked on redesigning or creating a new locking mechanism. They
0: just spent a long time
1: doing these workarounds. Mm. Um, now, of course, um, in the late 18th century, um, we do see some progress. Robert Barron and Joseph Brahma created new locking mechanisms. So Barron patented a double axing tumbler lock, which featured two levers, which had to be lifted to different heights before the bolt, the lock's bolt could be withdrawn. Now, this was later improved on by Jeremiah Chubb in 1818. Do you recognize the name? Yes,
0: yes, absolutely.
1: Yes, um, with a retaining spring. So he's Chubb of the Chubb Locks. Mm. dynasty, I'm going to and call it a chuck <laughs> dynasty, yeah, um, and, and of course that um, that held, uh, there was a retaining spring that caught and held any tumbler which had been lifted too high and this mechanism both prevented the bolts from being withdrawn once activated and signaled that someone had tried to pick the lock, it was quite fascinating, so a few years after um, Baron Locke's creation, you've got Joseph Brahma who comes and creates an entirely unique lock with the help of his assistant the Brahma lock mechanism used a cylindrical key with specific notches that moved metal slides into an exact alignment to open the lock and these are still sold and used today by the Brahma company and the Brahma mm. lock is recognized as a highly secure locking mechanism that remains unpickable for mm. over 67 years wow which is pretty an amazing amazing um thing to think about really
0: keys will never be the same for me <laughs> No. <laughs>
1: Um, but yeah we of course we, we have a lot of other things so we, we go along to 1848 and we see um, uh, uh, Linus Yale senior again Yale lock you know what I mean it's so bizarre how you could the brand name of a yeah. lock is actually imprinted in yeah. our minds because of the interaction I mean like even like a school locker I remember having a school locker yeah. that was Yale or Chubb you know my padlock for my locker um, but it shows and you that
0: not many other others came in because they're dominant ones The are two or three that are just there and they've stayed haven't they
1: yeah, absolutely. They really have. So yeah, but the majority, as you said, the majority of locks today are variations on the Baron, Brahma, and Yale locks. Mm-hmm. That's what they are. Um, and of course, attempts at removing keys from the equation actually began about fifty years ago with the invention of push-button locks. Do you remember those predetermined combinations Mm. of Mm. letters and numbers? I actually feel like I have a little bit of PTSD over these. (laughs) I feel like I have spent so long with one of them. Do you know those ones that used to be the shape of a a padlock? Yes. And they were silver and they had these sort of slightly like...
0: They used to be on lockers and things, yeah.
1: Yeah, you had to use your real... Combination. ...corner of your fingernail to get them. And if you didn't get it quite pushed in the right way, it wouldn't open. Oh, Oh, goodness, I'm not a fan of those, all right? I like a key. I like a key. Now, um... Now, of course, these push locks freed people up from using keys and they required you to remember the combination. Um, but um, push locks are still used a lot today, of course. Um- but as, you know, as I was saying, as smart home systems and IoT technology have advanced, digital locks are a more viable alternative in managing property access, right? So, like you said, you use a key card to get into your building, and that would then give the building information about who was then when they came in, all of those different things um, that you don't get from someone just trying to... It's all data right the key. collection. Yeah. Data, data, data. Mm. Um, so, they're obviously not a methodology for people who are conspiracy theorists. <laughs> but, um, but, of course, there is increased security that comes along with that level yes. of data, right? Yes. Um, so that's super interesting and you've got all these different kinds of digital locks now. I mean, you've even got the ability to show up at a hotel and just, you know, um, just use a not even key. have to check in, you just have to, you get sent a, a code and you yes. can open your hotel yeah. room door. It's quite amazing.
0: Yeah, I suppose the only place where we're using keys, I was just trying to think of it, is suitcases that sometimes, suitcase, but even suitcases now have the combination locks which they're using. So they're not using keys anymore. I suppose so. Yeah.
1: Mm. I suppose so. Um, but yeah, but I mean, it, it's a fascinating thing. Mm. Um, I, I liked this particular fact quite a lot. So um, it might not come as a surprise, but the famous escape artist, Terry Houdini, you can think about locks and keys with him so easily. He actually started his career as a locksmith.
0: Oh, right. Yeah, oh, he worked why. in a locksmith
1: show. <laughs> that's yeah, why he, he, he did so a, well. <laughs> exactly. He knew the ins and outs. He worked in a locksmith's shop at age 11 and he quickly learned how to pick any lock available at the time. Um, So, you know, it's quite amazing. But without locks and keys, he wouldn't have become the illusionist he is, really, which is also really interesting. Um, uh, Of course, uh, there's also lots of different um, there's different kinds of locks around the world. People obviously have uh, a lot of different, people collect locks, there's lock museums, all these sorts of things. Um, I love this. Um, that there was once a combination lock that took 2,000 years to open. There was, a, um, there was a vault that once guarded the US Treasury Department named Eureka, and it was thought to be a manipulation-proof combination lock, and it featured five tumblers and a combination of letters and numbers, experts, believe it would take and experts believe it would take someone two thousand and forty two years to crack the code. Because it was patented in eighteen sixty two and the combination lock had I think over a billion seventy three million seven hundred and forty one thousand eight hundred and twenty four possible solutions. I mean Hmm. (laughs) mind blowing, right? Mind blowing. But I think it's that the the lock thing um yeah i'm all about a good a good old-fashioned key. Yeah. um and i tried to find um i tried to find a quote to finish on today, mm-hmm. side here, but to be completely honest um it got too cheesy it was just a whole bunch of quotes about people going the key to success is the key <laughs> to anything in life is the key to getting ahead is and i was like i'm not going to use these these are enough these have nothing to do with the actual keys that i'm talking about today um but it is interesting. Of course there's also we do have ceremonies attached to keys. The yes. ceremony of keys, yeah. you know, the traditional you get the locking keys up to the, the, Tower to the of city
0: London. and all sorts of things.
1: Yes, yes. Mm. Um So the ceremony of keys occurs nightly at the Tower of London. Um, And that's every evening at 9.52pm, guards exchange ceremonial words while in Tudor and lock the towers. And the keys to the Tower of London are escorted back to the Queen's residence by the escort to the keys. Um, And this ceremony has been held nightly since at least the 14th century. Um, And although some people think it originated in the Middle Ages, it was only delayed once during Second World War and it's never been cancelled. However, I don't know when this fact was. I don't know if it's been cancelled with COVID. Can you
0: imagine? Yeah, when they yeah, were in no. lockdown. I'm sure there the was. Of- yeah, there was nothing going on then. No, it was all quiet.
1: I'm sure it was all quiet. But um, and of course, have you
0: ever visited
1: the um, the lovers' lock, lock lock bridge in Paris?
0: No, I have seen. I have the seen. Ponte not Art, actually put a lock there. I have seen it. Yeah, um, which is lovely. Loads and loads, but they're all rusty now, aren't they? I mean, like. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Well, I mean, I am I think it's always, everyone's always talked about how romantic it is, but maybe I'm just a stickler for public <laughs> nuisance. And I'm like, I feel like that's a bit of an eyesore now. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but, of course, locks have been used as a token of love for years and years mm. and years. And that is the Pond Arts Bridge in Paris, France, has been a destination for lovers for many, many, many years. But, of course, over time, with hundreds of thousands of locks attached to the bridge's grillwork, um, you know, for each unique love of the couples, um, unfortunately, the sheer weight of the locks threatens the bridge's structure. So they all were removed in the end, do you remember? Mm. They all had to be removed. But the trend has been replicated at bridges around the world.
0: Yeah, it, um, and you see it quite often, actually, in different places. You do see the locks sitting there and fences and things like that with little notes on them and stuff.
1: Yeah, mm. I guess it's just the people want well. to... Yeah, lock, lock in their legacy. Anyway, all right. See you too. <laughs> I'll stop with my cheesy puns, Sadia, okay. and I'll leave you to the rest of your Thank end you. date.
0: Thank you very much, Grisanne. Can't wait no till problem. next time. All right, take care then. See you then. See bye, you, bye. bye bye. Well, that's about all from me today. Um, Steve James is here after the news at three. And what have I got lined up? Melanie C. and who I am lined up right up to the news. I'll see you then. Bye bye.